You are listening to the Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. I hope you had a great weekend. We've got some Bachelor Nation stories to go over, three of them to be exact. And then we're going to talk some pop culture. Taylor Swift ticket scandal is making news yet again. And then we're going to talk some college football as a big, big weekend happened. Our Final Four is set, and we'll talk about that and the 12-team model that's going to start in 2024. And we'll get to that momentarily. You guys, we have a title sponsor for the month of December, so you will be hearing about them all month. Do you love chocolate? Of course you do. Well, you can say goodbye to processed chocolates forever and try Earth Echo's new Cacao Bliss Superfood Blend. Enjoy the incredible health benefits of chocolate without worrying about the side effects of added sugars and artificial ingredients. They're offering up to 15% off when you use code REALITYSTEVE at this website. It's shop.earthechofoods.com slash REALITYSTEVE. shop.earthechofoods.com slash REALITYSTEVE. So let's begin as there are three stories that I want to get to that happened late last week in regards to The Bachelor. First off, more like Bachelor in Paradise, actually. Genevieve went on the Almost Famous podcast. It was a part two because they had her on before she had taped the reunion. And this was a part two where they were actually able to talk about her post-reunion because we all know... The story that I was able to put out there about the two women that were seeing Aaron pre-show did not get posted by me until after the reunion had taped, because I didn't know about it until after the reunion had taped. So Genevieve went on there to kind of talk about it, and I guess that was the main thing. You know, She talked about her relationship with Aaron down in paradise, but addressed the situation that I had brought up and um, you know, she did mention that cause they asked her, when did you know about the women back home? And she had said, well, reality, Steve had reached out to me and asked me if I knew. And she said, no. And that's true. The day before I posted the story, I did reach out to Genevieve and said, Hey, I, you know, because I had never spoken to Genevieve in my life before, so I had no idea what she knew. I figured four months had passed. I figured she had known. And I had asked her, hey, are you aware that he was seeing somebody before the show? And she said, no, I had no idea. I said, all right, well, I'm going to be posting a story about it tomorrow. And, and that's how she found out. And um, so clearly... Everything that happened at the reunion show, if she knew that, because it seemingly was them both apologizing for the way they behaved and this and that, but you could tell that this news that I broke when she found out about these women, that Genevieve was really disgusted and also got some clarity from it. And she was able to determine, okay, now it makes sense as to why this guy fought so hard for me to stay two different times when I wanted to leave yet he's telling me he loves me. And then the very next day breaking up with me for no reason whatsoever. And, um, seemingly she got clarity from that story because she realized he was never going to leave that Island engaged, let alone even dating somebody. So, um, 
so yeah, that was uh, if you want to go listen to that, check out the Almost Famous podcast with uh, with Ben and Ashley. It's uh, Genevieve's part two. I am hearing rumblings that Aaron might be going on a podcast soon. I am just as curious as you as to what in the world he's going to say. Um, you know the the TikTok gossip monger out there says that Aaron says he didn't have a girlfriend. Oh, well, if Aaron says he doesn't have a girl, had never had a girlfriend, then we must believe him, right? First off, if you look at any of my reporting that I did, I never once said Aaron had a girlfriend. I specifically said he was clearly seeing two different women before the show. One of them he clearly broke up with, Beth, or asked her to wait around for him, and Beth said, absolutely not. It's literally in the conversation. Her uh, Instagram message conversation with Amy And then Amy, in that same conversation, was like, oh, wow. I mean, Amy was basically admitting to Beth during that conversation she was willing to wait for Aaron to come back. And then when they compared timelines and realized he was playing both of them, she specifically said, oh, I'm going to wait till he gets back and basically give him a piece of my mind, which she never did. So, again, get your facts straight before you start tweeting stuff out. Um Quit having your head so far up contestants' asses to where you can't report objectively, and we can move from there. But I think that the biggest thing to take from this is, like I said, there was no, at no point did I say Aaron had a girlfriend and went on Bachelor in Paradise with a girlfriend. No. I just presented the story as, look, here are two women that found out while Aaron was away at filming that he was playing both of them and lying to both of them about the other one the whole time he was together with them from basically January through May of this year. So um, you can hear Genevieve talk about it and you can just kind of put everything together. I, I mean, I'm just as curious as you as to what in the world Aaron is going to say. I mean, we've seen the receipts. If I would have reported, hey, man, I'm hearing this and... I know I, I heard two girls uh, found out about each other and they're pissed at Aaron and all this stuff. And I didn't give you any sort of evidence or receipts. Very easy for him to go on any podcast and be like, that story is false. We literally looked at the conversation that the two women were having saying he played both of them. So unless he's going on a podcast to apologize, which I highly doubt he is because it's not in his vocabulary to do that. Your guess is as good as mine, but um, I guess keep your eyes and ears out for that. I'm hearing rumblings that he might be going on one, so we'll see. The other one that took to the podcast world was Tyler. He went on Chicks in the Office podcast, and I saw clips on TikTok and on Instagram Reels for this, and essentially, I think, once again... We're dealing with a situation where Tyler is clearly biased because he is friends with Johnny. And Tyler, on the Chicks and Office podcast, said, you know, Johnny never called. He goes, I was mad at Victoria, and I was butting in and trying to get a word in edgewise and say things, even though we never saw any of it. It was cut off in the episode. But you clearly tell Victoria to you see Victoria tell Tyler to butt out. 
and it's none of his business, but he was, they asked him, well, what were you saying? And he was just like, you know, Victoria out there on national television, just lying about Johnny. And they asked him, well, what was he lying? What was she lying about? And Tyler said, well, he never called her that. And I'm glad that the hosts actually took to him and said, look, he might not have, but, and I get that you're trying to defend your friend, but you don't know for sure. You were not part of their daily conversations. I'm sure Johnny told you I never called her that, but Tyler specifically doesn't know for sure. And we don't know for sure. There is one person that knows for sure, and that's the therapist. According to Victoria, when she went on Nick's podcast, she specifically said when they visited with the therapist, the therapist asked Johnny, can you see why calling her an F and C or telling her she's acting like an effing C is wrong? So, but we're not going to get that. The therapist isn't going to talk because of patient-client confidentiality. So, you know, as for his relationship with Brittany, seems like there was a lot of miscommunication there. But it also does seem, if we're going to take Tyler at his word, that Brittany seemed to be checked out very early on and maybe wasn't even interested in something long-term, even though she did see him post-show and did meet his family post-show. It just seems like she was kind of checked out. So he's defending Johnny, which is what you would expect. He's Johnny's best friend. But you have to say, like, hey, how do you know for sure? You don't know for sure. You're only telling us what Johnny told you, that he didn't call her that. So we don't know. And I don't think anybody knows, well, outside of the therapist. And then Jacob took to his Instagram to basically, I guess this was an apology to Jill. He uh, he said, you were the right person at the wrong time. You gave 100% while I gave 80. You pushed me to look for quality work, change my schedule, and focus on my family instead of hollow relationships. You asked for better communication while I was lacking. You showed up when I didn't. Trust was lost. Yes, distance was a big factor for me. Being 2,000 miles away comes with its share of challenges, but that wasn't the main reason. It was readiness of commitment. I appreciate you making me recognize this at the cost of you trying to make it work. We had talked before the reunion. We were both open to giving it a go. At the reunion, I wanted to show you a glorious moment to somehow undo the pain I caused in Mexico, but it isn't about big moments. It's about the little things. I wasn't there to give you my whole heart because of my insecurities. I have a lot of refinement to do before I can mentally and spiritually be there. You deserve to be loved right now. I deserve to be alone. Jill, good luck on your journey, Angel. Okay. I mean, better than nothing, I guess. Uh, Recognizing his flaws, recognizing that he wasn't, all in. And I guess that's all you can do at that point. You know, I don't know if that made Jill feel any better that Jacob wrote that. If she feels that he's trying to save face, I don't know, but I don't think anybody has any ill will towards Jacob. I don't think anybody's pissed at him. So him giving an apology, isn't like some sort of, Oh wow, that was really nice of him. I don't think anyone was upset at him at all. It was just, these were two that we knew with her being in what Rhode Island and him being in Arizona, it was going to be tough. There's no doubt about that. But the fact that they couldn't even make it last a month, it's like, all right, why why not? And it sounds like we got an answer that this guy just wasn't all in and really wasn't willing to do the things he needed to do to make a long-distance relationship work. So they're done, and that was his response to her on Instagram. Did you see the latest Taylor Swift news? 
It broke last night around 11 p.m. Eastern Time, so you probably missed it. More than two dozen Taylor Swift fans across 13 states are suing Ticketmaster. (laughs) I mean, this is not going to go anywhere. And I get that people are upset, as they should be. It Ticketmaster completely dropped the ball uh, the day the tickets went live. So many people had to wait in queues. So many people had hit purchase on their tickets and then were booted and never got them. We get it. Um, and, I, and I get that the, the Swifties are very upset, but they're not going to win this lawsuit. Just <laughs> It's just not happening. So I... I saw the story. It gave me a good chuckle. You know, I don't know what the thing is. I, don't, I guess I don't know enough about the concert and ticket world, but I, I know the bare minimum about it. And my question just going forward, whether it's Taylor Swift or any popular artist is, I don't know how you avoid this because every single one of these people wants to be in business with someone, Ticketmaster, Live Nation, you know, the owner company of Ticketmaster. I don't know how you change this. Even if Taylor Swift said, the only way you're getting tickets to my concert is to go on this website that I created just for tickets for my concerts, and she creates it or whatever, you're still going to have people signing in as bots, as brokers, getting tickets and trying to sell them for three, four, five times the price. It's it, it would be It's literally impossible for any artist to sell tickets, and the only people that get their hands on those tickets to see that person, whether it's a comedian or a singer or a band, whatever the case may be, uh, there's there's no way to do it where every person that gets a ticket is literally a fan that is attending and not interested in selling the tickets. It It's impossible. This isn't 1980s. You know, in the 1980s, we had two ch- two ways to go get tickets. You either had to go to Warehouse Music or Sam Goody's and purchase tickets there for concerts, or you literally had to go to the venue and wait outside. And they said, oh, Friday morning at 10 a.m. we're selling tickets. I grew up in Southern California. There were a lot of tickets, uh, a lot of concerts at the Forum in L.A. You literally had to go to the Forum and buy tickets at their box office booth and wait in line. Um, so I, I just don't know how this changes. That's the, that's the part that sucks. I don't know how Taylor changes it. I don't know how any comedian changes. I don't know how anybody changes it because they have to use a ticket service. They can't create their own. And even if they did, there's still going to be people that sign in and get tickets that aren't Taylor Swift fans and are just looking to scalp them, unfortunately. All right. Now let's get to the college football playoffs. The final four is set. Like I said, I didn't think it mattered. I think the final three were all set no matter what happened this weekend, and we saw that Georgia and Michigan and TCU, Georgia and Michigan won, so they obviously stayed 1-2. TCU lost, and they stayed at 3. We knew that if USC lost, the team that was ranked 5th in the last poll, which was Ohio State, was going to move up. Everyone thinking Alabama, one, was either going to jump Ohio State or two, jump TCU, it just... I said it last week. They had no chance. None. If Ohio State was fifth and Alabama was sixth in the last poll and neither of them played this past weekend, how would they have jumped Ohio State? They didn't play. They couldn't add to their resume. Their resume was exactly the same last week as it was yesterday around 
you know, 11 a.m. Central Time when they announced the Final Four. So anybody thinking that Alabama ever had a chance to get into the Final Four was crazy. It wasn't going to happen. The only person that was the only team that was going to move in was Ohio State, and that was if SC lost, and they did. And so now you've got on New Year's Eve, you've got Georgia playing Ohio State and Michigan playing TCU. Two excellent games. Can't wait. Think it's going to be a lot of fun. You know, should Georgia and Michigan win? Yes. Those are the two best teams all season. It'd be probably the right thing if they met for the national championship. And we'll see what actually happens. They met in the semis last year, and Georgia boat raced them. So we'll see if Michigan has learned anything. I mean, you can't forget that. In the semis last year, Georgia beat Michigan 34-11 in the Orange Bowl. Like It was a blowout, and it wasn't even probably that close. And you could say George is better. Michigan might be better. Are are they enough to close that gap of 23 points and complete domination? I don't know. I mean, I would be surprised if Georgia doesn't win at all this year. But give me a month to break down these games, and, you know, I'll see. Now, the thing that's interesting is we've got the – New college football playoff system that's going to accept 12 teams, a 12-team model that starts in 2024. So next year is the final year where only four teams are going to make the playoffs. However, for those that aren't familiar with it, that 12-team playoff is guaranteeing the six conference championship game winners a spot into the final 12. So it's six conference champions and then six at-large teams. And the top four seeds get a buy. And in those top four seeds, as of right now, and I'll pose this question in a little bit, as of right now, those top four seeds all have to be conference champions. So if you take this year's teams right now through all the college football games that were played and the conference championship games that were played this past weekend, and you did the 12-team model, the three seed in the conference championship in, in the 12-team playoff this year, if they had one, would be Clemson, and the fourth seed would be Utah. TCU would be an at-large. Ohio State, Alabama, Tennessee, Kansas State, Big 12 champion. They'd be an at-large. SC is an at-large. Penn State's an at-large, and Tulane is an at-large. So there's six conference champions. SEC, Big 10, ACC, Pac-12, Big 12, and the AAC champion. They're going to get in every year in this new 12-team model, and then you'd pick the next six best teams based on ranking. But those top four buys have to be conference champions. So with Clemson winning and Utah upsetting SC and Kansas State winning, they basically bumped people from getting in. It's kind of going to be like the NCAA tournament where you have a team that you know finished fourth or fifth in the regular season that wins the conference championship, and you automatically get an you know you get an automatic bid to the NCAA tournament. Same thing's going to happen here. Kansas State winning bumped somebody out, would have bumped somebody out of getting into the twelve-team playoff because they wouldn't have made it otherwise because they would have been a four-loss team. Same with Utah. I don't think Utah would have got in because they would have been a four-loss team if they didn't beat SC. So that's where I think. And I don't know if they can do this. This is the question I'm, I want to pose. I don't know if it's set in stone. Like, I have no problem with if you win your conference championship, you're guaranteed in the 12-team playoff. I'm fine with that. What I'm really questioning is 
that a conference champion has to be one of the top four seeds because I'm sorry. Like I said, if you use the model this year, Clemson would be the three seed and Utah would be the four and they would get buys. Ohio State wouldn't even get a Ohio State wouldn't get a buy. Alabama wouldn't get a buy. Tennessee wouldn't get a buy. TCU wouldn't get a buy. TCU's twelve and one and Utah's ten and three. And Utah's getting a buy and TCU isn't. I think that take your six conference champions, and then the other six teams are the six best teams after that. But I think they should be ranked one to twelve and throw out conference championships. Rank them 1 to 12, who are the best teams? And go from there. Because giving Clemson and Utah a a, a buy, I I get that they want have to have some incentive for winning the conference championship, but I think the incentive is you've guaranteed a spot in the 12. I don't think it should guarantee you a buy because if a three-loss team or a four-loss team wins a conference championship like Utah, they were a three-loss team. They won the Pac-12 championship. Why should they be the fourth seed just because they won a conference championship? They shouldn't. They should be seeded accordingly as where should they rank. Should be the six conference champions, the six at-large teams, rank them 1-12 to 12, no matter who won a conference championship and who didn't. Now, I don't know if it's set in stone that this is the way they're going. As of right now, it is. But I think when they see the model, I mean, it's already being talked about that if you take this season and use the 12-team playoff format, this is what you're getting, and Clemson and Utah getting three and four seeds and a bye over you know, TCU and Ohio State, who only had one loss all year, it just it doesn't make, it doesn't make a lot of sense. So I don't know if they're going to change it by the time 2024 rolls around, but that's where we're at right now. But still, even with that said, look at what you would have. The first weekend of games – in a new 12-team format using this season's records, SC would be at Alabama, USC would be at Alabama, Tulane at TCU, Kansas State at Tennessee, Penn State at Ohio State. And then those winners move on. Clemson would play the Ohio State-Penn State winner. Utah would play the Tulane-TCU winner. Michigan would play the Alabama-SC winner. And Georgia would play the Tennessee-Kansas State winner. I mean... <laughs> Anybody who tells me this isn't a good idea and, oh, my God, it's going to ruin the college football regular season, you're just not thinking ahead because this is going to be great for college football, especially if they make that change. I I don't think you should be having conference champions has to be part of the top four seeds that get a bye. I think that's wrong. But anyway, we'll be talking about this for the next month, some college football talk, the bowl season, but um, a lot going on. This weekend, I hope you enjoyed your college football and enjoyed your bowl games and if your favorite teams are going to a bowl and whatnot. But uh, can't wait until 2024 when we get a 12-team playoff. Anyway, thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. And we are back with yet another Daily Roundup tomorrow. See you!